Warning, this episode includes a moment of suspense that some listeners may find squeamish or very distracting, especially if you're driving. Please proceed with caution, and thanks for listening. Welcome. You are about to enter the Wooniverse. In five, four, three, two, one. Transport complete. Come inside a mystical, magical portal between worlds. That's what I came here to do, to thrive, to take action, to be, and to enjoy this life. Where playful curiosity leads the way and beyond. I look at their environment and see how it's aligned toward their wishes and desires. You won't believe the ahas that come up in every single conversation. Our bodies are literally exploded stars. Like, what? I can't wait to explore this enchanting space with you. Actually, the more we learn about what true happiness is, maybe that can help us to handle our unhappiness better. Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast coming to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. Hi there, and welcome to Inside the Wooniverse, the podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. And I'm your host, Colette Baron-Reed. Joining us today is world-renowned Qigong master and healer, the best-selling author, Robert Pang, and he is amazing. I can hardly wait to introduce him to all of you. Um, Robert began training at eight years old, and by the age of 15, he endured a 100-day water fast. I mean, this story is in, like wild. He'll tell us about it later, but it initiated a radical spiritual transformation and his amazing healing powers, of which I have had an experience, which I'll share with you guys later on too. It's so outrageous. Anyway, for those who don't know, Robert is capable of generating healing energy through his hands, with power equal to a potent electrical charge. He is a regular presenter at the Omega Institute, Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health, Esalen Institute, and many other organizations and schools. And he is the author of The Master Key, Qigong Secrets for Vitality, Love, and Wisdom. For the last nearly 30 years, he's been teaching and helping countless people around the globe regain their optimum health and vitality. And we are so grateful that he is with us today. Welcome, Robert. Yay! Thank you, Colette. Thank you. So happy to see you again. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Yes. Okay, before we talk about your past, which I really want to dive into, I, I want to mention something because in the introduction, I said that you're capable of generating healing energy through your hands with power equal to a potent electrical charge. Now, I have had that firsthand experience. I don't know if you remember, but I met you in New York, so I came for a healing session, and you put your finger on my third eye and on my chin and zapped me. And it was like, I literally felt like you took electricity and threw it into my body and you made a joke. This is how I was introduced to you. You kind of looked at me and said, see, no cords. <laughs> and you may, and you started laughing and I was like, holy crap, who is this guy? And I'll never forget because I had a problem walking and I walked 37 blocks after the session with you. I was so energized. I was so blown away. And then my husband and I went to one of your workshops, which I'll share again later. But I have had firsthand experience with this. I find this outrageous and amazing. So let's go to the very beginning of how the heck all this happened. So let's go back to Hunan province in China to little Robert and where, how did you bridge that you to this you? Okay, thank you. Well, you're so great at introductions. You, you already brought me into the story of far, far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, a lot of people ask me, because Qigong, spelled as Q-I-G-O-N-G, sometimes they, they spell it as C-H-I-K-U-N-G. They're all the same thing. Traditionally, it's a lot. Like Tai Chi, they have lineage, they have family lineage, yeah. So a lot of people ask me, did you get it uh, from your parents or grandparents? As a matter of fact, no, actually, I got it from not family. My family doesn't know this kind of practice at all. Uh -huh. It was mm -hmm. from someone very special, very special. Because when I was eight years old, I had a kind of symptom, the chest pain. Well, I still don't know what it's called now because they didn't tell me or they don't have no diagnosis. The symptom was that I have severe pain, especially when I run. As a little kid, you cannot stop running because you always want to run, especially if I jump yeah, from a little high place. Then it's like someone is punching my heart. Very mm -hmm. painful. 
So I, uh, my mother and father brought me to the doctor one after another. They gave me prescriptions, but it, it didn't help. Yeah. So in the end, the doctor gave me the best prescription. He said to my mom, say, it seems that your son needs to have a break, meaning rest more. Yeah. Even he had to stop the school. So start, quit the school for like half a year to see how that works. When I heard this, what? Yes. Because <laughs> when you were a little boy, you hated school. <laughs> then, then I was staying at home, supposed to stay at home, resting, yeah, sleeping, doing some reading. Then I find this best friction is the most horrible one. Because <laughs> I've never had that those kind of time that when you, like I was alone at home, it's horrible. <laughs> and I said, right. oh, I was so bored, you know, so bored. So I, I put up for three days. In the end, I say, I have to go out. Yeah. So I sneak out because my mother said, no, stay at home. Yeah. Then sneak out. Then not far from way, away from home is about two minutes walking distance. Like it's a beautiful campus. And it used to be a, uh, like a session, like a hotel, very high end hotel for the Soviet Union engineers. Cause in 1958, you know, China and Soviet Union are very good relations. Right. So, they send engineers to my hometown to build up iron and steel plant. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have 20,000 workers. And uh, together with, with all the families, there's about 100,000 people. So those 100,000 people is like little town. And that place is the most beautiful place. There they have fruit trees, they have swimming pool, surrounded by brick bricks wall. So it, for us, it's a sacred place. It's a beautiful place. It's a mysterious place. Yeah. We kids, we actually went there many times, either accompanied by the adults when we get to some of the bars, they have the, like hot water shower there, or we climb over the wall with like another five, six kids. Then we jump in and coming back. So we did this a lot. But since I got sick, I did much less. And also it's just for fun of climbing and jumping. And I said, I want to go there again. <laughs> I went, climbed the wall, jumping, very, very painful. I couldn't care, right? So I just get in there and I begin to walk around, go to the swimming pool. This, I don't know why, I was just drawn there. It is a boiling room. The boiling room is like a, like a house size. Then I went there and then peep through the door of the boiling room. Then I see a middle-aged man was shoveling the coal into the burner. Yep. Yeah, then he turned around. He saw me. Burnham is also like mysterious. I said, oh, you want to watch the fire, right? I said, yeah, 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 I know. It. Yeah. Come in, yeah, don't get burned. That's the first greeting. And this middle-aged man, actually he was about 85 at that time, but he looks like so young. He was my master. Yeah, that's the mad master. Of course, to start with, we didn't get in right away. He's just like chatting. Why did you go to school? I said, well, I have a serious chest pain. I have to stay at home. And then after he heard this, later I recall, but at that time I was a bit surprised. He was, he stopped for nearly two minutes just gazing at me. Later I know he was doing the healing through his gazing power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then after chatting, then about two hours, I was looking at the fire and then, you know, I, I can watch the fire for hours. It's like meditation. So I feel so good. Then when we left, he said, well, feel free to come again. Then, of course, I came back again and again every day. Then until I think a few weeks, I couldn't remember exact days, but it's sometime later. One day from nowhere, he said, do you like wushu? Wushu means martial art. Yeah. Do you like wushu? I said, yes, I like it. As a boy, yeah, who said no? <laughs> do you want to learn it? Yes, of course. Nobody teaches me. I couldn't find the teacher. I can teach you. I said, you know Wusu? Of course, you know. Yeah. Because he looks so ordinary. Right. He looks like so kind and mild. Nobody will associate him as like very strong martial artist. But actually, he's a top martial artist. Top he, martial yeah, artist. Yeah, top martial artist. Because in his story later, he can freeze a wild bull because the bull without beginning to hurt people. He go there on his forehead, 
then they freeze it, foam going out. Wow. And he has to, to heal it right away because that bull is farmer's bull. Are oh, you talking about a bull? Yeah, for them to plow the field. He, he frees it from, uh, stopping him from hurting people. Meanwhile, he, he has to do the healing right away. At that time, I have no idea. No idea. He said, you can do that? Well, you know, you'll see later. <laughs> a few disciplines. First, come here every day at five o'clock. Yeah, no late, one minute, no problem. Second, yeah, don't tell anybody. This is the most important because that is the peak time of cultural revolution. Yeah, cultural revolution started in 1966 and then they're getting more and more serious. Then a lot of religion were banned. Oh. A lot of traditional practice were banned. Oh. A lot of movies are banned. We have only, maybe the whole year we have two movies made or one movie, political movie. So it's very very serious time, very boring time. <laughs> and okay. Also, and how old were you? I was eight years old, 72. You're eight, okay. Yeah. 1972. Yeah, so long story short, then uh, <laughs> then I began to practice with him. Yeah, very diligently. I kept secret even from my parents and my brothers from to start. Then one day my, my parents, my mother was a bit concerned. I said, you know, all these days, you, you get up so early, then they disappear coming home hungry, right? And then I was not, I said, well, I was jogging. I was jogging. And they, they're not convinced. Yeah. Later, I told my master, I said, well, my parents are concerned. Then he thought a little while. Then they said, well, ask your parents to come to see me tonight. Then my parents went to visit him, feeling a bit strange. I said, why? Because most of them, they know there's a boiler room attendant, very kind people. That's all they know. Why did they invite me to visit him in his boiler room, which is his home <laughs> or something? But after two hours, they were talking. I was waiting outside. I was not going inside. I didn't know what my master showed them. But when they got out, they're very excited, nervous a little bit. I said, oh, my. follow the master, follow the master. Yeah, go with them. We support you. We keep secret for you too. Yeah. And, and then they kept secret for us. And also, I think even before that, I got healed already. Right. Now, that's what I was going to ask. That you would have noticed that he healed you and you were no longer in pain, etc. So <laughs> One day my mother, I asked me, I said, oh, poor boy, how, how's your chest pain? I said, chest pain? Yeah, it's gone. I on it. Yeah, we've done. Nothing happens. But there's another thing they're so convinced. Yeah, this is So they said, well, we'll support you. Then I begin to be more free. Yeah. I don't have to lie to them. Yeah. And then I practice. And, uh, I remember the ever first practice as taught me was horse dance, just sit, standing there, bending right. the knees, focus on Dantian. It's grueling. 15 minutes. Actually, after two minutes, you begin to feel your, the thighs are like burning charcoal. Then one day, then I have to do it every day before he taught me some. Fancy things, you know, martial art, eagle claws, you know, uh, iron fist, all this. Then one day when I was doing the horse stand in the morning, after a little while, I got in a trance. It feels somebody is putting a chair under my butt. Then right. the trance, like I forgot the time when I returned, my master was very happy. He says, whoa, you go through the crisis, like you went to another level. Because the guardian chi that exudes from the lower, lower dantian, are getting so much powerful. He said, no more small, like no more punch or stick hit on you won't hurt you. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right there because I want to ask you a question. So you mentioned Dantian. What is that? Just for that listener. Yeah, Dantian is, we call it elixir field. Where three Dantians, upper Dantian, middle Dantian, lower Dantian, they collect different kind of energy. Okay. The energy that is associated in the upper Dantian provides you with wisdom. Right. The wisdom energy, like... Uh, your energy to decide when your energy is strong mm -hmm. here, you, you're guided. It's like you have a bunch of GPS in your life of when you should turn left, you should turn right. When should you buy this stock or the other stock? Yeah. So people are good with wisdom chi. They are smarter. Yeah. That's one. We call it upper dantian. Uh -huh. Then when middle dantian is connected with uh, emotions and loving. When here the energy is strong and healthy, you feel loving and loved. Like you have a Buddha heart, Buddha heart. Yes. And, uh, but when it's weak, then that Buddha heart becomes like a, a fragile glass heart, broken easily, or it's very broken because you feel vulnerable, you feel sad mm -hmm. easily. Yeah. Then extensions are the arm. You know, when we meet an old friend, what do you like to do? You want to hug them. Hug them. Because the loving chi are expressed in many ways. That's one of way to express it, the loving chi. And then 
you don't hug your friend like with with your legs, right? Right, no. (laughs) (laughs) You kick them, right? Because they function differently. Because they are connected with the lower dentin, which is vitality, vitality power. Your sexual energy, your burst power that was stored here. When it is strong and healthy, you're strong. You feel you're dynamic. You are sexy. (laughs) Christmatic, all of this are here. Uh, here, then the legs are the extension of lower dentin that make you connect with the earth chi, so more grounded, healthy, and uh, very strong at taking actions. So was that was that the purpose of him having you? Do, you called it the horse stance. Um, yeah, horse, like riding a horse. Riding a horse, right? Also, I think the purpose he taught me is like to to do me the healing too, because no matter how uh, strong, how powerful his healing. Energy is, it's always good that I build up my own healing power. So he's taught me this. And then it's not only healing myself, but making myself like resilient, mm-hmm. quite strong. So after a few months after I keep practicing, I think three months after, he tests me. They say, good. Yeah. You're much more protected. Then amazingly, he got a sledgehammer on the oh. corner of, of his boiler room. He said, stay there. He was like, swag. Hit on my on my belly with a sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, yeah. He hit you in your belly with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Okay, no and it didn't hurt you. Yeah. So he said, "Well, keep going." Then he began to teach more different forms. He's very happy. This what well, the bulletproof that is bulletproof of energies are formed. You're not only good with this resistance of being hurt, but also a lot of like we say, if you get caught in a shower outside. Together with wind, it's very easy to get cold. But because of garden chi are strong, it's like you have invisible clothes to make to adjust the body temperature. You know, one of the show we did a lot when we were young was that we got the chopsticks. Yeah, actually, I don't have chopsticks here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got the chopsticks. Uh-huh. You know, okay, I do the show. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Actually, the spear in the end. So what we find one of the most vulnerable places that is here, because when you get choked, you just cannot breathe. Yeah. One thing we uh, we try to do is make all this. Then you are protected with the guardian chi. So I just pick up here, okay, here. Hope it doesn't go through. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to describe to you what Robert is doing right now because it's it's quite incredible. He's literally placing the end of a chopstick onto his neck right up to the softest, fleshiest part of his throat. Ah. Now to see this for yourself, you got to head on over to my YouTube channel or to the show notes page. Yeah. You yeah. count three, two, one. Okay. When I say ready. Oh my God. Three, ready. Ready. two, okay. one. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh my god it's stuck in your throat oh. all right <laughs> so all of those and that didn't hurt at all no because that is the god and she that it was right. like god that, and freak, that is freaky yeah <laughs> just so <laughs> freaky and i've was, seen you do that in a workshop too i mean i was like completely blown away god. yes you did well you sure did you did a lot of things a long time yeah yes you have <laughs> yes so he taught you so basically let's kind of get it in layman's terms so basically what he taught you is how to use your energy in such a way that you were like you called it bulletproof, that mm-hmm. in the most vulnerable parts of your body, that normally a normal person or normal person, a person who doesn't know how to do that would stick a chopstick in this part and basically kill, kill themselves, yeah. right? Yes, I get that. I know exactly what you just did. And you, you scared me when you did it in the workshop because I was like, oh, this guy's going to kill himself. <laughs> but no, I mean, it is amazing. So this person who is obviously a master of Qigong mm-hmm. became your master. And how many years did you study with him? Because I've actually seen the evidence of all of this firsthand and have and I'm Im- incredibly amazed. And then there's still the cultural revolution, so you have to hide, right? Yeah, yes. we're still there. Yeah, we're still there. We were together for like every single day together, living together nearly, which is like for nearly 10 years. 10 years. One day he had like a conversation. He said, well, for all these years, I've taught you different forms of Qigong, martial arts, Breathing, yeah, meditation, all this will give you a good way of doing martial art. Well, I give you the choices. You can keep on going with martial art. I can teach you more. Yeah, teach you more. Then you may get involved with some competition. You can be famous. Yeah. 
and uh, you can join a lot of competition. Well, the the best example at that time he didn't say. I just put on here is Jet Li, right? Jet Li oh, is sure, Jet Li. one uh-huh. year older than I. He won championship when he was fourteen in uh-huh. Beijing in a row for three years. Then, when he was, I think, about sixty seventeen, then the uh, movie director in Hong Kong found him and then made a big movie. Shaolin Temple. Yeah, Shaolin. we've seen all the Jet Li movies. Yeah, that is the early one. That is the first Yeah, ever. the Shaolin Temple. It's big bestseller. Famous overnight. <laughs> yeah. So if I keep it this way, that is like the top I can do, right? Mm-hmm. Then he said, well, another one is more hermit. It's not so public, but more internal journey. You can use the same energy I taught you and transfer it into a healing power. He was so democratic. This was not like a master saying things. He said, I'll give you a few days to consider. Yeah. Either way, I'm happy to guide you. I, at that time, actually already witnessed a few times, many times, that uh, some neighbors, some friends visited him. Some people already know he has healing power among very small circles and how grateful people were when they are mm-hmm. like healed. So... When he asked me to think about for a few days, I didn't waste a second. I said, I don't want to wait. I want to do the healing. I can see, I can feel the relief of my master. I think he he intentionally likes me to take the second choice. And I said, great. Then he stopped teaching me all the martial arts. Then he began to tell me more kind of breathing and meditations, guiding the energy along the meridians that he can project the energies. Fast forward a few days more, then in 1979, well, the Cultural Revolution finished in 1976. Then it took a few years, you reform, you wake up, right? Then in 1979, he got a telegram from the abbey of his monastery, tell him to return, to reconstruct the monastery. Then he showed me the telegram, he said, I have to leave now. My God, I was... I was so sad, you know, because all this 72 to 79 is like how many years? He said seven or eight years, nearly 10 years. We were together every single day. So I, so I thought this is internal. As a little boy, you don't think it was changed. Then all of a sudden, he's going to leave. I was so sad. So I told my parents, then my parents prepared some gift for him. Yeah, a bag for him to carry some stuff. Then we would send him through the train station back to the monastery. After that, I began to visit him about twice a year in my summer winter vacation. So then the very sacred time was happening when I visited him in the monastery. Because after all these years of training, he knows that I need another transformation. In his words, a changing your body, not physically, mentally. Mm -hmm. So on the second trip, I visited him. I I was expecting some wonderful time you know, for a few months uh, together with all the little monks because they are in the mountain, they have beautiful trees and, you know, mm-hmm. everything is so attractive. But this, <laughs> right, that night he said, well, we're going to do Big One. Big One, he mentioned many times, Big One is silent, dark retreat. Silent, dark retreat. Yeah. I was okay. and, and also alone. He said, we're going to do Big One. Tonight, <laughs> so I said, "Okay, good." Of course, I was excited about this. Then he brought me to the basement of the temple. They have a very underground basement, winding. And then they have a few chambers or a room, yeah, a few rooms for the retreat. Dark, no light. Then there's one place for toilets. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. But when I was there, I was the only one. And he brought me to one of the little cha- chamber that's about yeah several feet long and wide then he said you stay here yeah for how long a hundred days oh this is the hundred days oh days wow then he uh the, the only light i could see was the lit incense holding in his hands because he come to visit me every day instructed me for half an hour, one hour, then he, he'll go. Then he'll put the sticks in a bowl with the eyes. Then it's a stick on it. That goes for another one hour, two hours, then disappear, pitch dark. 
So what I practice is in the darkness, even including the movement practices, I do in the darkness. Yeah. Then, of course, after a few days, I get lost to what day it is. Mm -hmm. I think about, well, the first 20 days is not really just water. Three jujube a day. Jujube is like Chinese days because zhao. Chinese dates? Okay. Yeah, Chinese dates. It's not that sweet. And then it is, that's the meal for your day. So actually that trained me very, very elaborate ways of mindful eating. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> when I okay. first eat it, then I thought, my God, I finished my meal already. <laughs> one meal. Then I, the second one, I begin to chew it very mindfully. Then for some time, you begin to get very insightful. The insightfulness bring me to the to the root of how these dates come from. Amazing. Brings you to the another dimension of the world. Mm -hmm. Beautiful things. Then after 20 days, just pure water. Water is enough. They have a big jar on, in, in the corridor there. That's it. No. So nothing. 80 days, no food, just water. And you in the dark. Yeah. For not exactly not 80 days, because the last to, yeah. 15 days, the last 15, he began to come back. First, some little juice, then after a few days, it can be a little peach. Yeah. So uh -huh. like gradually allow my stomach to get used to normal life again. So very, very strict. Mm -hmm. 60, 70 days. Yeah. And so that was life transforming for you and that that gave you some extraordinary insight when you were there? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, we have to take a little break now. More with Qigong master Robert Peng when we come back. And we are back. Robert, let's pick up on what we were just talking about. Let's kind of segue from all of this experience. Then you had to leave China. Let's pass a little bit further. How did everything that you learned inform the work that you do now? Yeah. Well, what we mentioned, the zapping power, zaps. The zapping power, yes. It's sharpened during this 100 days. Yes. So when I was doing this, I think in the middle of the time, about um, 60 days sometime, mm -hmm. My breathing are getting so slow, very slow. Like normally you do three, four, five, eight, ten, even breath a minute. But if you do one breath in half an hour, it's one like breath not, in half an hour. Yeah, it's not oh like, like you're not doing breathing at all. We call it small death. Yeah, the small, small death. Because this is a time if you don't have a sustainable energy to keep it going, that can collapse. Then you passed away you would die. Then the small death will be the big death. But also it's the very critical time to like to shift dimensions of energy that you're going to have higher connections. Mm -hmm. Then you are, you are like resourceful energies constantly, not just generating from yourself, but you are like connected with the high energy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Along Yanji River, uh, there are a few uh, very stiff cliffs, and many there are many like uh, caves out there. One of the mythology says is that some uh, practitioners they do meditation there. They do retreat. Mm -hmm. They do big one themselves because mm -hmm. yeah, they have no people no people to take care. Then they uh, they just go there. Then you know the the wolves, the tigers cannot reach there because it's on the cliff, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then they may be, they may be gone. They don't care. You know, when they are reaching that level, the death is like, it's not a thing married to them. They don't, they die, they die quickly and happily. Anyway, but that is the turning point. They call it small death, big life, because life are totally different ways. That was, I begin to feel a few things amazing. One is that I feel I was so strong. So strong, I can like, I can grab my fingers on the floor, which is the dirt floor. I can just go. It's like uh, so. I feel like it's like a tiger, strong. But meanwhile, this, the other amazing thing is that I feel light because you're so powerful. I feel light. Then the third amazing thing is the zapping power. I can feel myself because when I focus, all the meridians through this kind of fasting. They are wide open. Mm -hmm. They are all off the blockages. So it's like 
super, super express ways for you to send the chi. So as soon as I think about my fingers, yeah, I can even hear the chi like zapping here. Yeah, I heard it. When you when you've touched my forehead yeah. and my it was my chin and my forehead, I will never it, it was just like yesterday, even though it was 10 years ago. But uh I remember what it felt like. It was as if I was receiving energy that then went through me. It was coming through the points, but mm -hmm. went somewhere else too. Like it was the weirdest feeling. I've never had any <laughs> feeling like that ever again either, but it was like you electrocuted me, but in a really good way. I don't know <laughs> really how to say that. <laughs> like in a good way. Yeah. It was uncanny. I, I've, like That's incredible. But I understand now what you're saying is that doing all of these kind of sensory deprivation is what you did in the basement there. And then doing all these exercises, being able to stop your breathing to the point where, you know, to get to be almost superhuman in a way, right? Now, you teach this to people because I've been in one of your workshops where you taught us how to change the properties of liquid. And we did it. Yeah. You know, we were there for four days. And at the end of it, I was absolutely in shock. So by all of these kind of techniques, um, you showed us that we were capable through, in a way, it was a prayer, you know, like prayer to and reverence to this energy, this divine energy that we could turn basically water into wine. Or I think it was in this case, um, really for my husband, he had really bad, uh, some type of terrible liquor that they could turn into like the most amazing, you know, thing. But I can only speak for myself because I don't drink alcohol, but you gave me this awful, awful cherry, like bitter, bitter cherry juice. And I was able to turn it into this sweet juice. It was weird. So, and I say weird because it's not something that any of us really know, but yet the human being in a very short period of time can do extraordinary things. So let's segue from you learning these healing techniques and you also had to master your own body, right? And then when did you decide to come over to North America? Let's talk a little bit about how we can apply that, how you teach us. Yeah. Okay. I can send my energy to where I want to send to heal these organs. But meanwhile, my master said, don't use it too much yet. Actually, don't use it because you're still too young. Your energy is not so anchored and stabilized. You know, keep quiet. Simmering the chi. Yeah, that's what is what is good. Simmering the chi for another decades. Yeah. Wow. Until more mature. So I obeyed on him until I was about 28. My master, he said, I have no other requirement. He has a vision. He said, I feel someday you're going to make Qigong really have some missions to make Qigong more accessible mm -hmm. to all the, all the people. He said, you should have an education. Yeah. Meaning you should go to the university. No matter what you major, science, technology, or science of art, you should go to university. Then I said, wow, I love English. I started very hard, majoring in English for four years. And then... After I graduated, the English teachers are so rare at that time because we closed the door for 20 years. So as soon as I finished the university, my dean asked me, he said, are you happy to stay in the university teaching English? I said, how can I, right? Because you, uh, normally you need to have a master degree to teach bachelor yeah. degree uh, students. I have only a bachelor degree, but because it's so rare, he said, it's okay. Then we are standing on the stage teaching English to, to my students. Wow. I was like a dead sentence the night before because I was so nervous. Right? <laughs> oh my God. I put every single word I think I'm going to say on the paper. Right? Uh -huh. But of course, actually in the end, my, my English class was very popular too because I, I applied some of my meditations in it and my students loves me because I'm like brothers to them. Yeah. So only a few years or even just one year. And all old, your students older. still yeah. love you today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, uh, in, in 28, I began to teach publicly in a campus. Then I began to find in a campus it's too small. Oh, you started teaching Qigong in a campus? Yeah, teaching Qigong. Okay, yeah. My, because uh, the spare time, like for the hobby of my, of my students. 
the science right. and also the students from other uh, departments that I don't know put a little poster. Then we have like 50 people, 100 people enrolled for three months of training. That's cool. Which is beautiful. Then the, like this kind of demonstration, we put a spear on here and break the spear. We put the, uh, the bricks, you know, smash on head, all this kind of eyes opening, kind of uh, very frightening demonstrations. Of yeah. course, very interested. But meanwhile, this one time I, I was doing like uh, at midnight, the president of the university came in trying to stop us. I said, why? Because he was afraid that that is dangerous. I said, there's no oh. dangerous, we know. Anyway, so there's some kind of energy they don't want you to be to open, not to open. That made me to think with another colleague, I said, well, we may need to go out to the bigger society. Mm-hmm. And it happened that in Hainan, which is southern south of China, is like island, and also they're more open to the Western world. So right. I said, we should go there. There's no limitations. So we begin to go there. Actually, within five years, I trained more than 150,000 students there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, a lot of VIPs came to visit us. And among them was like Bob Hawke. Sadly, he passed away three years ago. He was the prime minister of Australia. Also, Right. And yeah. his daughter had cancer, right? Because you had worked uh, with her. Chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, chronic fatigue. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So he was among the VIP list to visit me. So when he was very open to it, when he got the treatment, when he saw the demonstration, he was so excited. He said, you should go to Australia. They, they, they have beautiful land there, beautiful cheer. He's trying to influence me. But, you know, I was so busy with the training in the island. Every now and then we go to the mainland teaching. There was, I have no time. Yeah. Then meanwhile, the second thing he said, well, he mentioned about his daughter. He has three kids. This is the eldest daughter, Sue, Sue Hawk. He said he got chronic fatigue syndrome. It causes from the blood. For her first uh, delivery of her baby, he lost a lot of blood. And after that, you know, the blood of the chi, of the liquid chi. So mm-hmm. he was very low with energy, especially in wintertime. She may stay in her bed for a couple of months. Very hot wow. to get up. Then he said, well, can you treat her? I said, well, we can try. I've never heard even the name mm-hmm. of chronic fatigue syndrome. I said, put it down. Then I have to look at it in dictionary. What does chronic fatigue syndrome mean, right? Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, we can uh, have a try. So he, uh, he flew her to the land. So we did her treatment almost every single day because I have the team. I have my disciples. I have my colleagues. We arranged to do her treatment special. Mm-hmm. Then I taught her the chicken at the same time. One month, she's like ten years younger. Mm-hmm. I know. I read the, I read her testimonial um, after I got to know you. It was amazing. She said you changed her life. Yeah, when she returned, she was like, people couldn't recognize her because before that, she had like dry skin, hair is like no shiny, and so they, said, well, what happened? So I said, well, I had it. Qigong's. I learned Qigong, did Qigong sessions. So he told her friends. Then, of course, she's, her father was prime minister. So the newspapers and the magazines interviewed and reported on the first one is Women's Weekly. That's the one of the mm-hmm. best mag- magazines in Australia. Then thousands of phone calls and letters wrote her. Then she said, Robert, you should come to Australia. We have big calls for you. Then I said, well, let's wait. That was in 1994, 1994. So we waited for a few years until 97, when I was more settled. <laughs> That's how we made the trip to Australia. At first, I thought I was just going to stay there for a few months, teaching some Qigong. Then it was really beautiful country. Yeah. Beautiful people, beautiful country. She arranged a few activities that really grabbed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after three months, I said, well, how, how do you like it? I said, we like it. Uh, do you want to stay longer? I said, yes. Uh, yeah, in a few years, we trained about 10,000 people. And uh, then I settled. I get my permanent residency there afterwards. After working with us, I love it. So we stayed there. We decided to stay there permanently. That's the story of Australia. Then, how about America? Why it turned out to be here in America? Right. <laughs> <That little funny laughs> Let's thing. go there. Let's, yeah. How did you get to America? 
one day, I got a call from Sue. He said, well, we got a stranger coming and asked to see you. Is it possible? She said, she's from America. Do you want to see her? I say, okay, I have nothing to do. Okay. Although it's my day off, it just feel like I'll make the trip. So I, I drove 40 minutes to Sue's house. I heard the doorbell. I opened the door. In front of me was not someone. A big bunch of flowers was <laughs> first in the door. Then behind it, it's a beautiful blonde, yeah, lady. Beautiful voice. I said, oh, Robert, yeah, uh, there's a flower for you. Then, of course, we get in and she begin to tell me stories. Together with her was a cameraman. She was on her way to make a documentary. She got ovarian cancer. Then there's a call for her to say, well, she needs some spiritual guidance. And then she said, on my recovery from chemotherapy, from operations, she said, I feel I'd like to explore some spiritual place. So is this how, is this the woman that brought you to the U.S.? Because I know that you, because yeah, I remember one of the two, I remember the story that there was a woman that had cancer that, you know, had a, an awakening with you. Then she arranged for you to go to the United States, correct? That's right. Because that's, that's how her. I met you. Uh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> she lives in Manhattan. So after a couple of sessions, she said, Robert, you should go to New York. Are you happy to go to New York to, to see some people? I said, of course, yeah, because I'm quite open. I said, excited <laughs> to, to travel to America. Place you arranged like 50 people, I think, within a few days. From <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I met, and we all had a wild experience, I'm yeah, sure. Different races. Like when I was in China, I met several people from foreign countries. In Australia, I met a lot more. But when I was in New York, within just one week, people maybe from 20, 30 different countries from some place I never heard of. And afterwards, she said, Robert, you should come here again. You have your patience here. But after a few years, I begin to feel it's really challenging to arrange the travel. Places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I decided, well, I have to stay here. So I began to apply the working visa, then permanent residency. Of course, another big, big reason that I stayed in America, not Australia, is that I married Dumei, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we made, we made home in America and began to spend my time, full time in American teaching Jigong. Uh, I was so happy that I made the decisions to stay. Well, you've changed a lot of lives, that's for sure. So um, we've all had the past couple of years where the concept of our health have obviously come up quite hugely for everybody since the pandemic. So do you have any techniques that you know well, obviously, we could buy your book and you, we can take one of your online courses too that can really help us train ourselves in some of these things. But what would be one of your suggestions for people to help boost their immune system, given that we know that what you teach is that we are energy and that we can cultivate a relationship to the energy in such a way that would keep us healthy as well as provide us longevity? So can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. Well, uh, like at the beginning, we mentioned about three dantians. Yeah, there's yep. three dentines. The lower dentine goes with our immune system, the strongest, because that's the body part. That right. is the uh, emotional part. That is the spirituality part. So, uh, of course, they're all working together through another beautiful channel we call the central meridian. So the central meridian is the one that harmonizes them. So you're not having one too big overpower the others. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we call the four golden wheels. The four golden wheels. Four okay. golden wheels. And we also call it the master key of our dynamic happiness. That's what ah. my book is about. The master key yep. is, is because you have all these four golden wheels moving harmoniously. Then, you know, practice, you go, I cannot guarantee or promise you to be rich. But the good thing is that no matter whether you're rich or not, you're a happy person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, enjoy the best health, the balanced emotion, and some enlightened degrees mm -hmm. of spirituality. That's through the central meridian of harmonizing to make us connected with heaven chi and earth chi. Mm -hmm. And talking about the immune system, that is taking care of the whole four golden wheels. Then you focus on lower dantian. So 
Without any Qigong practice, always bring your awareness to your lower Dantian, which is like three fingers below. There's the entrance to go to the center of the core of lower torso. Just put your hands there. Yeah. Or tap So on your lap? Is it basically on your lap or in front of your groin? In, the, in between pelvic bones and navel, that is the place that you put oh. um, in the middle of the palm. I see. On there. Okay. That is like a, a furnace. A furnace, okay. A furnace to warm up your vitality chi. And when that is kept warm here, then they begin to exude layers and layers of nourishing chi. The layers of nourishing can even go out. That is the layer we call the guardian chi. The guardian, guardian chi. chi, okay. Yeah, the guardian chi include immune system. Uh-huh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think you've recorded a number of these now that people can buy these courses mm-hmm. on your website. Is that correct? Is, yeah. is, is the four the four golden... Four, well, four golden wheels is for balancing. Four golden wheels for balancing and then... Yeah, another one is four cycles. Four cycles. Four golden wheels, 15, 60 minutes of practice. Yeah, you feel very balanced. Mm-hmm. Then another exercise is for uh, four cycles. Four cycles... Uh, what Shaolin Temple, you know, I mentioned the Jet Li's movie. Jet Li, uh-huh. Shaolin Temple is famous for martial monks. Okay. Actually, before it was not. Bodhidharma, he went to China teaching Zen Buddhism. Then he find a lot of monks are very sickly. Then he said, no, 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 no. If you want to have a good spirituality, you should have a good container, which is a good body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at that time, like this is more than a thousand years ago, people... The monks, they, they don't take care of the body. They think body is a smelly corpse. We just want <laughs> spirituality. The body right. suffer, no problem. But he said, no, 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 you should have a good container to hold good spirituality. Then you know, teach in Shaolin Temple the practices that can make the immune system strong, make them healthy to start with. And then that, that group develops more comprehensively and become to be a big trend of martial monk. So a lot of martial monks are based on there. Of course, you want to be a martial monk, you should have a very strong body and ah. very strong gut and chi. So among them, there are two beautiful exercises for them to build on. One is four cycles. That's the one I mentioned. Another uh, practice to build up very, not only your gut and chi, but also make it very flexible, very uh, changing tendon fascias. Uh, we call it yi jing jing, changing tendon fascia. Mm-hmm. And it's 14 weeks of online course, which I'm doing now. Normally, I do it twice a year. So these I need two, that. Yeah, twice a year because it lasts for 14 weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these are the two practices that very well to build up the immune system. This is fascinating. Um, you know what I'd love to do is pull an oracle card, and uh, yeah, we're going to pull an oracle card and see. We're going to see what the universe uh, would like us to talk about. Maybe there's one thing that the cards could reflect about Qigong. And let's see. This is the Shaman's Dream Oracle, and the card. Oh, the card is called Whale Song, and it's the word is resonating. Uh-huh. So. And resonating is about being in alignment. So I'd love for you to expound a little bit more about what alignment means to you. Mm. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Alignment, in my understanding, is the thorough connections. We are living in this world with so many layers of connection. First, our body are connected through all the organs to composite one. Yeah. And we're connected with the universal energies. Even if you don't practice Qigong, you're connected with the universe energy through the way of, of breathing, drinking, eating. Well, think about it. That's the way you connect with the universal energies in the way of digestion with your different organs, right? But the real, like with a spiritual level, or even now they begin to talk about quantum physics, yeah, that very refined level of connections should go to your consciousness, yeah, to that level. Then when you reach that level, that opens much more layer or dimensions of connections way beyond this world, or that's what is manifested as a physical body. You have a lot of layers of energy body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we are teaching, we are also practicing, we always remind our practitioners to open up, open every tiny pore of yourself, as fine as you think of, 
not only cells, but also much refined by the cells. When you open, then the universal chi's are flooding in. So every time it's like a spring cleaning of energies, then you are refreshed, but also backed up by the universal energy. No matter how huge energy we have, we're born with, but if you're just using it, you're going to exhaust it sooner or later. That's why when I teach, I always bring the awareness of the central meridian. Because when the master was teaching me, he said, always bring awareness to your central meridian. Always nourish your chi. That is lower than Tim. Together with the central meridian, the energy channel connected with heaven and earth, he said, anytime you bring awareness to your central meridian, you are the center of the universe. And you're bringing the universal energy through you so that you're not just using your own generated energy, which it can be depleted, right? Right. It's only not only this, but also because sometimes it's, oh, the center of the, I'm the center of the universe. Am I, am I too self-centered? That is wrong understanding. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we are living with the consciousness make the world for us. Everybody has his own universe. Hmm. Through the connection of universe, you manifest, then you find this universe is beautiful. It's through your own projections of consciousness. But the problem now, now a lot of people, they're trying to use the other's consciousness, wrongly assuming it is their own. Then you lose yourself and thinking that is yours. That is like just a shadow when that is changed. Because people will change, then you get lost, you get lose the root. That's why my master said, you have your own universe. Everybody has his own universe. You stick on your own universe, then we get along with each other through the merging of part of the universe. Yeah. Right, which is about resonating. That's the resonating, yeah. That's the resonating. Some people you feel so strong resonate because that's how you merge more. Some you have a little bit that you feel, oh, ordinary friend, closer friend, family, yeah, all the, getting closer yeah. and closer. Some people you feel you can make, that's the friend of life in terms of energy because they are more dimensional connecting together Then you feel very home because that is resonating your own universe. I love this. Ah, oh, this is so fascinating. So we're going to take a little break now. And when we come back, we're going to switch gears and enter another dimension of the universe, the tea time after party. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. Okay, Robert, we're going to switch gears and we're going to travel into another dimension, another universe in the universe. <laughs> we're gonna, it's called the Tea Time After Party. And this is where we kick up some fun and we ask you silly questions. And we, we have some a lot of fun getting to know you in a way that maybe we might not. And we're introducing here Connie Deletti, our executive producer. Hello. Hi, Connie. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Why don't you start, Connie, and, and you can ask the first question. Sure. Okay. So, Robert, what is, would you say, is your most unusual talent? You just talked about... Besides zapping many, I know, I was just going to say <laughs> incredible <laughs> talent. Do you have any other zapping type of talents or something that you like to do that other people go, whoa, that's amazing? Well, what Colette said, your zapping power, I think, uh, they make people really think, oh, yeah, that's something special. But for me, myself, I think if you say talent, I think the... The humbleness, yeah. Mm, the humbleness. humbleness, okay. Oh, yeah. humility. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually true. I know you, so it's so true. You're very humble. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call it because when you call it, then you're not humble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I find everybody's just ordinary human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're developed in a spirituality, the thing is that you're special is because, because you show something that people think you're special. In the end, you're not special. That's what I learned from my master, because he, you know, he lost his kingdom, that which is yes. monastery. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you know, Dalai Lama lost his kingdom, mm -hmm. but you can see that Dalai Lama has the most beautiful smile. Yeah, and he's funny. Funny, humor. You're very funny. My master, he is like that. He can has a million reason to be angry, to be like always blaming or a complaining person, but never I see none. Yeah. He's like always peaceful. When people come in, he's like, like to serve. He looks ordinary. So 
That's what I want to copy. Maybe not humble is not good. Ordinary. Uh-huh. You want to be ordinary. Beautiful. Like everybody, when you're ordinary, you begin to really feel the real joy, not from some special treat, but oh, from the way love that, that, love that. Mm-hmm. you are breathing. I love that. I love that you say that. That a talent that you have is is about being ordinary and but. Reveling in the ordinary, which is true, which is actually very true, and being peaceful in that, and being and and celebrating that. Mm -hmm. What you have done, though, that was extraordinary. That I would like to speak on because you won't, because you are humble. Okay, Connie, you're never going to believe this. All right, so and listeners, you have to hear this because I've seen it with my own eyes. We took a one dollar bill. I was got up on stage with him, and we touched just a dollar bill. Okay, you know what a dollar bill feels like? Mm -hmm. It's just this flippy little, you know, Mm -hmm. a used dollar bill is like this little soft piece of paper he took the dollar bill he sliced a chopstick you know a chopstick with a dollar bill in half that's incredible yeah like he just stared at it put all his energy into his arm and went like this i mean we see he does all these wild things with dollar bills the point that i'm trying to make about robert with that i'd like to point out at this moment he could have said this (laughs) oh i can take a dollar bill and slice a big brick or slice a chopstick with it but instead what he felt was this amazing talent was the capacity to see beauty in the ordinary okay i have another question if you could only eat one dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? Now, I happen to know his wife is a great cook. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, since yeah, she's going to listen to this, it better be something <laughs> she made. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, that is a hard question because there's so many beautiful things. <laughs> beautiful things. I may say something really not permanent, but for this moment. <laughs> okay, for this moment, not permanent. Okay. Uh, when I was young, one of my big dream, it sounds not healthy, but is to eat chocolate. Eat chocolate, okay. The first time I ever had a piece of chocolate, you know how old I was? I was 14. Wow. 14. Chocolate, 14. Think about it. before that, non-chocolate. Wow. I just heard it in the movie, in the Albany wow. movie. Yeah. And because they, they, the little boy shouting, you know, yes. s- screaming on the street, <laughs> I'm selling, you know, candy, <laughs> chocolate candy, whatever candy, that's the one we heard. Um, so you just lost yourself in the chocolate. Strange. <laughs> it is strange, but it's, oh, it's uh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, then my big dream is that someday I want to eat chocolate. Until, like, it's too much. Until, like, I don't know. Oh, oh, until <laughs> you throw up. Like, okay, yeah. well, thanks yeah, for sharing right. that, Mr. Yeah. Healer. <laughs> <laughs> is it dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Oh, <laughs> my God. Be very fussy funny. about it, right? <laughs> So last question, if you were going to be frozen tomorrow for a one-way, 1,000-year interstellar voyage, what would you most want to communicate and to whom before you leave? Well, I say to my wife, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can you wait for that long for me to return? Talking to not one, talking to a piece of ice. Can you put up with that? <laughs> oh my god, that's so sweet. That's, cute. <laughs> that's very sweet. Oh my god. Actually, Connie, do one more. You came up with some really great. That was cute. Okay. How about this one? On the count of three, Robert, say one word that comes to you. Okay? Just with the first word that comes to you. One, two, three. Chi, chi, chi. Chi goes chi. Yeah, chi goes chi. Because that is the uh, that's my life. Yeah, that's everybody's life. Chi is most energy. So. What a wonderful, wonderful time to spend with you today. For more information about Robert and his courses and his classes and offerings, and I am telling you, if you can take a class with him, you know, even learning a little, I only learned a little in four days. It it was life-changing, and I can't wait to do it again. Anyway, you can visit him at robertpang.com. He is a best-selling author. I believe this was Sounds True. Is that correct, Robert? Yeah, Yeah. that's true. So he's very popular on Sounds True. You can go to their website as well. And a transcript of this conversation highlights and more links can be found on our show notes page. 
Thank you, Robert, for joining us today. This was such a treat. I could listen to you talk about your stories all day long. And I really hope our listeners run to your website, buy your book, take your courses, because you really are such an extraordinary human. And I'm so honored to know you and to call you friend. Thank you, Colette. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was such great fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, amazing. So, wow, Robert Pang, fascinating, fascinating conversation. And the question I always ask for all of us is, what did we learn today? And I'm going to just leave it at, we are more than we know. And if you want to know more about what you can do, go to robertpeng.com. That's for sure. Anyway, thanks for listening. We're Inside the Wooniverse with Colette Baron-Reed. Until next time, be well. Time to share the way we love. Become the ones we're dreaming of. Inside the Wooniverse is a production of Universal Network Studios. Thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuis, executive producer, Connie Deletti, story editor, Julie Fink, and post-production audio by Lonnie Carmichael. Original theme music written and performed by Michael Seifert at Summa Recording. Original music Truth Begins is by Colette Baron-Reed and Eric Ross. And all other music you hear in this episode is courtesy of APM Music. If you love what you are hearing and want to keep up to date on episode releases, bonus content, and prize giveaways, please visit us at itwpodcast.com. Also, we'd really appreciate a woo-tastic review on Apple or Spotify. So please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us next time for another episode on Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine.